so you make this commute like uh, every week or is it just right now that you're making a commute from Pattaya? Well, that depends on my teach uh, on my class days. Um, uh, when I'm teaching now at Siam Technology College, I'm teaching four days a week, Tuesday to Friday. That means I come on Monday okay. because uh, leaving here at seven o'clock in the morning and then thirty kilometer through Bangkok traffic. Sure, yeah. it's too dangerous when you come from Pattaya. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds too dangerous. Welcome to Brood in Bangkok, the podcast about the people you meet in the city that makes a hard man crumble. Welcome to Brood in Bangkok. This is Siddhant. Thank you for joining me today, but first there's something I must apologize for. It's been a few months since our previous episode, and we didn't tell you guys that we were not going to record for a while or that we were going to be off the air for a while. And we didn't tell you when we were going to come back either. But we spent this time trying to make the show even better. So I hope those of you who've been listening to us all this time will continue to do so. And I promise that we're going to try to make even better content in the future. We have one more exciting announcement. We have a new sponsor with us, ThaiPod101. This is the thing that you need to learn Thai on the go with. This is the app that's going to help you do that. We have a link in this in the description so you can check them out and we have our own coupon code so if you go through us you will help us and help yourself learn some great thai but learn more about them later in the episode our guest today Ulrich Werner is a very pleasant and open man from Germany who discovered the joy of teaching late in his life in Thailand as a guest lecturer first and then as a full professor he's been a university professor here for Uh, many years now, actually, and he set up a very in- important website called StudyInThailand.org, which sort of listed all the international uh, programs in Thailand for international students to apply to. It's been that resource that's helped almost everybody who's ever tried to study in Thailand, including myself, by the way, find what they're looking for. Ulrich is a great person to talk to about not just being a teacher in Thailand, but what it's like. what he's seen international students go through. He gives us an overall idea of what the international education system is like for Thailand and in Thailand. And we also learn more about Thai students and how they do in their, in their schooling and in, when they do go abroad as well. It's a really, really interesting chat, and I really hope you enjoy this one. We've got Ulrich with us right now. And he's going to have a chat with us about his experiences in the Thai education system. So Ulrich, you've been, uh, you've been teaching in Thailand since 2002. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. How did you end up in Thailand? I mean, like, what was the story? Everyone has a story. So what is, <laughs> yes. what's your story? You know? Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a story. I tried to make it short because it's a long time. Yeah. Um, I was working in a think tank and, uh, Sunrise in Zurich in Switzerland. Okay. Sunrise is a subsidiary of Tele Denmark. Oh, okay. And uh, there was an emergency call from the director of the Institute of International Studies, IIS, at Ramkameng University. He urgently needed a lecturer for business informatics. And somehow my uh, boss in Switzerland got that email in copy. And because he didn't want to go, he asked me, And since the company just merged with another company and the culture dramatically changed, I thought, why not give it a try? 
And I had never been to Thailand before, so I went in December 2000, in November 2002 to Thailand to teach my first course. And in January, I terminated my contract, rejected the new job I was offered when the think tank was resolved, and decided that's my job, teaching. Teaching. So you so fell in love I with teaching. I went to Thailand. Yeah. I, I, I was a, a team leader for 20, 30 years already. And you, you can't be a good team leader if you're not a good teacher. Okay. That, that goes hand in hand. All right. So uh, I came to Thailand and uh, found out that it's quite difficult to find a job with a work permit. Uh, when you begin at a new university, you get only one course assigned. And if that went well, maybe in the next semester, you get two courses assigned. And then in the third semester, three courses and so on. You need three courses per semester to get a work permit. Okay. And... Uh, I spent the first eight months here in Thailand at Tamasati University with a work permit okay. uh, until I had enough courses at Ram Kam Heng. And then the next 16 years, I was at Ram Kam Heng University. Okay, but you didn't, did you do uh, courses outside Ram Kam Heng? Did you teach in other universities? Did you like do any other courses at I was Tamasati? for a couple of courses at Burapa University in Bangsan, a university where at the office door of the International College was a big poster no uniform, no service. Oh, okay. And as a German, uh, I do not really like student uniforms. Yeah, well, no one does. <laughs> I'm it, teaching individuals and it, developing yeah, individuals. Yeah. It, this is a curiosity and I've always wanted to know, do you know what the story is behind this? As in, is it just uh, something they've just had and they're just keeping it? When you look at photos from the Hitler youth in Nazi Germany, Okay. You will see blue skirts and blue shorts and white shirts. Uh, even educated ties, uh, when you ask them, where do these student uniforms come from, will tell you almost likely we copied them from Japan. Well, Japan, the Tenno, was as fascist as Germany was. Okay. And uh, these borrowings from fascist Germany or other fascist countries like, like Japan and, yeah. and Italy were never publicly discussed. They are hidden somewhere in Thai okay. consciousness and you don't find them in textbooks either. Okay, so they, they just got a uniform one day and then they're sticking with it yeah. at a university level. Because... Yeah. Uh, Thais love uniforms. They they yeah. keep down the individual and make them all equal. <laughs> well, they, they they say that there's a lot of uh, benefit to that for Thai society, right? Uh, well, as students, is that helpful? I mean, they pay a very high price for it. There is a benefit if you um, take the functionalist view on society right. from a sociology uh, standpoint then every group in the society has to function to keep the society running or, in other words, to keep it as it is, to keep the status quo. Right. Um, if you uniform all your students, uh, you also make them behaving in a uniform manner. That's the idea, yeah. Last year, there was an interview with the current Minister of Education of the Prayut government, uh, that was titled, We Cannot Even Invent a Motorbike in Thailand. 
Really? And that is the price they pay because they have no innovation. There's literally no innovation in, in Thailand okay. because they don't develop individuals. They develop masses. They right. produce students and process students. Yeah. While uh, in, in, in the West, Germany, for example, it's all about the development of the individual. Okay. And that's from a, not just that, uh, if we're looking at it from an educational standpoint, I mean, this is happening. This, okay, so this uniform, sorry, uh, before we get into that. The, the uniform is consistent throughout universities? Like they all have the same uniform or does each university have like a different uniform? No, no, they, they all have a uniform. Okay, it's the, uh, one, the one uniform. That, that may discussed. be one only for the graduation day. Ah, okay. Not every uniform, uh, not every university uses um, uniforms. But um, also, end of last year, there was there were several articles in the in the papers here in Thailand that Chulalongkorn University uh, threatened to punish its engineering students if they leave the buildings with their engineering working jackets. They were only allowed to walk on the campus in perfect student uniform. We know from Assumption University that security guards send students home if the student uniform is not perfect. If you have the wrong color of shoes or no belt in your in your trousers. Right. Sorry, I found that ridiculous. Yeah, that's something that happens at school, like in most countries around Asia, you know. And even in even in these countries, there's no uniform at university. Like that's. I'm willing to give it a credit that as a German, uh, born 13 years after the end of the Second World War, yeah. I have an allergy against uniforms. Okay, yeah, um, we, we can <laughs> we can leave it at that, I suppose. <laughs> Um, but what I find interesting about your teaching career so far is that you have a very large influence on how foreign students get involved in the, the Thai education system. So at Ramkam Heng, when you joined in uh, permanently, I think it was 2004, would it? Two, 2002. Oh, that, it was then, that, that, then, then it's I went for eight months to Tamasat until I could get right. my work permit for Ramkam Heng. Okay, so th and from that point onwards, you were working in the... Business, you're teaching business informatics. Uh, I'm teaching business informatics, management, and mass communication. Okay, and this this is all in the international program as yeah. well. Or is it exclusively exclusively only. in the yeah. international program? My tie is not good enough to teach. Not in not yet, at least. Yeah, <laughs> but can you tell me more about what it was like to be an international student in Thailand in 2003 from you as the teacher and them as the students? Oh, that was that was a challenge to the student because if you come as a as a European student uh, into a class with fifty Thai students and two Chinese students, um, you are the superstar. I see, and, and either uh, you can deal with that role or you cannot. <laughs> I see. Okay, so the, we're talking diversity as well was an issue, right? There was. Diversity is absolutely important. Okay. Um, I, I focused very much on trying to get foreign students to Thailand because of my experience as a teacher with diverse classrooms. Right. Thai students um, have a norm behavior in a classroom. They never ask, ask you a question and they never answer a question in class. So uh, when there is a cigarette break or a coffee break, they usually come in the breaks and ask a question or make a remark about what they don't understand, but never in class. So if you now have foreign students, especially Western students, um, they ask in class. 
and they ask probably things that our students would like to ask as well. And so they learn from it. On okay. um, This is the main aspect. And the second aspect is when you have foreigners in class, the Thais are very hospitable people. They want to get in touch. They want to talk about lunch and, and, and did you see that movie? They share interests in music. They begin to speak English. As a result, when they graduate after three or four years, they are fluent in English. And as a result of that, they get a job. Yeah, a favorable mm -hmm. one, I'm, so, yeah. I'm sure. Uh, okay, so there's there's the clear vote for, for diversity there. But what was the kind of proportion of foreign students coming into your classes back then? In 2002, I had in my first class 82 students. Three were foreigners, two from mainland China and one from Taiwan. The rest was all Thai. Okay, so it's In 2005, people. I was asked to use my internet knowledge to uh, attract foreign students to IIS. And the first one came end of 2005, a French guy. Okay. Uh, he lives now in Bangkok, is married to a Thai. That is oh, a, 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 a normal story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and by 2008, we had about 50 foreign students. And then we got further and further. The IIS had in 2018 52% foreign students and 48% Thai students. That's at your program? Um, yeah, the, yeah, the programs where I was teaching, yeah. Okay, so this... Can you do you attribute this to the website or through like what would you say spurred uh, this? Yes, yes and no. Okay. The foreign students included, for example, uh, permanently 160 German students in an exchange semester. Okay. So and they don't come over a website; they come over word of mouth. Right. But the website and uh, study in Thailand, my own website, triggered word of mouth. Right. And uh, when somebody said, uh, oh, I would like to go to Thailand. Thailand is the number one holiday destination in Europe. So that somebody wants to go to study in Thailand and combine it with a nice holiday at the beach or upcountry is Makes easy sense. to understand. Yeah, huh? yeah. So you make it yeah. sound like that, yeah. you know. Uh, you, can, you can attract students basically on the long run only over word of mouth. If they come, experience something positive, Better even than they expected, they will go home and tell everybody about it. That is how it works. Okay, we so call now that marketing. That's <laughs> there, there. You go. That's that marketing never changes in that respect, right? right? Uh, so the website in question, if uh, we aren't clear about it so far, studyinthailand.org. Yeah, is org. that correct? Yeah. So started out two thousand five. And no, it started in 2008. 2008. In, in 2005, I started for IIS at Ramkam Heng University okay. to attract foreign students. All right, okay. So then the you know, the, the website started in 2008, and uh, it could have just been about your program, but it has become a kind of database for uh, exchange programs, uh, international study programs, bachelor and master programs, even PhD programs. Mm -hmm. And even advice about scholarships and issues that international students have in Thailand. How did this come about? Because you could have easily just said, yeah, I'm just going to do it for my program and be done with it. My interest was to get foreign students into Thai classrooms. And what we offered at Ramkam Heng was mass communication, uh, 
an undergraduate level. Uh, mass communication, business administration, and English. That's it. So if somebody wanted to study something else, other universities are offering that. And if somebody didn't want to study in metropolis Bangkok, uh, but up country, there are universities as well. So uh, I, I thought that getting international students into classroom all over the country can only be beneficial. Okay. So you thought... Then, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. And then at the beginning, I got a lot of emails from people who had questions. Right. And any time I put the answer on the website as another page, uh, focusing on topic A, topic B, topic C, and it grew and grew and grew. Okay. So it just got a life of its own, basically. Yeah. And uh, do you have any website statistics by any chance about how many people visit this website annually? Uh? Uh, since 2008, it's 1.5 million people. It's about 10,000 unique visitors per month that's, still that's today. The website is, is done. Right. So it's finished. Yeah. Uh, it gets every two or three year and, uh, years an update in prices and programs are not offered anymore, other programs. But that is only every two or three years. Okay. And uh, do you still like closely work with the uh, webmaster for the website or is it just now no, that's somebody me. else? Just that's you? me. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so you, you don't really meddle with the website that much anymore, but you just... You answer the questions, I'm sure, or get there, back to There people. are no more questions. I hardly get any emails or messages on Facebook. This, it seems as if, as if all questions are answered. answered. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure also just providing uh, the contacts for the university in question solves most of these things now. I mean... Uh, no, there are some things I cannot. And I say it many times on, on uh, Study in Thailand. I'm not an agency. So when somebody... And what is still the norm today when somebody sends an email to a university in thailand with questions about a particular program and wants to study it there is no reply so when these students or these applicants then turn to me and can you help me to get into that my standard answer is forget it if they don't want to reply to your email they don't want you so it's not the right place for you to be does this happen often Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. I would say 90% of all cases. <laughs> oh, that's a very high percentage. There's, there are very few universities that want foreign students um, and, and like to get foreign students. All other universities want to have one or two, uh, if possible, blonde hair and blue eyes because they look good and the photos and brochures. Okay. So this is a premeditated step that uh, you feel that universities tend to take. Yeah. Uh, there may be differences in within universities okay. that one faculty uh, loves to get foreign students and other faculties don't want any. Uh, that happens. Okay. So what is a typical international program in a middle to large sized high university? What, what do you envision or what have you seen in your time here? A typical international program is a program where you can attract at least 20 students per semester because international programs need English-speaking faculty. And if you take Thai English-speaking faculty, that does not really make it an international program. That is what is often called an English program. So you need the different backgrounds, different experiences, different worldviews and philosophies of uh, lecturers from a multitude of countries. 
Now, there are some countries where many lecturers would like to teach in Thailand, uh, India, Bangladesh, Pakistan, Afghanistan, uh, and some African countries, they would instantly come over here. But that are not the teachers the Thai students want. They want to have American or European, Australian uh, teachers in focus. And if you want to get these teachers to give the students what they want, you have to pay way more than you pay for a Thai lecturer. A lecturer doesn't make much money in Thailand. That is a very low-paid job. And uh, a foreigner costs at least per month, a qualified foreigner costs at least per month 80,000 to 120,000 baht. And that money needs to come back. So yeah. you need attractive mainstream programs like business administration. Business administration is now uh, declining. It's not that interesting anymore than it was 10 years ago. Now more engineering programs are in focus because students learned that with a BBA, Bachelor of Business Administration, it's not easy to get a job anymore. Yeah. But with a Bachelor of Engineering in um, artificial intelligence, it's very easy to get a good job. So it, it shifts a little bit. But uh, mass communication is uh, very interesting and, and always uh, quite successful in attracting students. Architecture, biology, no. That are not mainstream topics. So international programs conducted in English are only in mainstream topics. Okay, so they're like business, mass communication. Yeah, yeah. Hotel and tourism. Hotel and tourism, that yeah. That fits to the, uh, to the impression of Thailand as the number one holiday destination worldwide. Yeah, why, yeah. why learn so, anywhere else when you can learn so here? They are so hospitable, so go, go either to Switzerland where you pay lots of money for it, yeah. or go for your bachelor to Thailand and make your master in Switzerland. That's a good idea. Huh? That's a good tip, actually. Yeah. yeah, Especially in this industry. I mean, you want to see why this country is is clearly a great holiday destination. So, yeah, I guess that makes sense yeah. to put that on the brochure, you know. Uh, it's so interesting that there is this sort of special thinking for international students. And it seems to be that Thai universities... Well, they have a, a, they might have a role for them and they might not. Is there any reason for that? Or is it just that, you know, they've got a way of doing things and they want to stick with it? I'm not sure that I understand the question. What, in, which role do you mean? In the sense that they don't really see a value in getting the international student over. You know, they don't. They Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Now, uh, Thai universities are under great, great pressure right now because they don't get students. Uh, we know from the first three, which can all be explained differently, that they closed down because they did not have enough students. Asian University in Chernobyl, for example, closed down uh, about three years ago. They never had much more than 100 students. And you can't run a university with that. You need too many, too qualified staff. Uh, but now Rajamongkong, Rajapat universities come increasingly under pressure because they, they don't get their places filled anymore. Everybody, Thai, wants to go to Mahidon, to, to Chulalongkorn or Tamasat. And uh, even there you see that they try to 
increase the quality and modernize their programs to remain attractive to Thai students. But uh, you can assume that we will see a, a wave of closures among Thai universities and okay. colleges in the next few years. So why don't they try to take more foreigners in? That has mainly two reasons. The stuff in universities is not, how shall I say it, without on stepping on somebody's toes. Yeah, not take they, your time. They can't speak yeah. English. Okay, there you go. So, yeah, that, that's, so, that's a good one. That, and they can't, they can't serve any foreign students. If, the, if English is the lingua franca, then they are lost. Right. And the second thing is, that is especially what you hear from higher ties, um, a former university president told it quite frankly to me, they spoil my Thai students. Ah, so they'd rather just... They bring yeah. different views, different ideas, different behaviors, and uh, Thai education, Thai cultural education begins, as, begins at kindergarten age and ends with university degree. And many universities, especially the, the bureaucrats in the universities, cannot imagine to have any foreigners disturbing that. <laughs> so on the other hand side, when a foreigner asks me where, where to go and study, I say either you are very brave, then be the only foreign student in a Chiang Rai or somewhere upcountry uh, university, Or you go there where the most foreign students are. I see. But it's still in your opinion that it's a, it's a really worthwhile experience to come here as a student, foreign student or otherwise, right? Like there's still lots that Thailand has to offer. Fantastic. It's a fantastic experience. Um, you have two benefits when you, when you go and study for a bachelor or master degree. A master degree traditionally in Thailand is Saturday and Sunday because it's offered to employed students from Monday to Friday, they go and make money, and Saturday and Sunday they study. So if somebody comes over to study for a master degree, they don't get a work permit. They are not allowed to work. They have only two days classes and five days for everyday life. If you come for a bachelor, it's the other way around. You go four or five days a week and you have the weekend off. You have two uh, influencers. First is the content of the study. Well, how important the content of the study is depends basically on yourself. When I see the Bachelor of Business Administration, um, that is basically stuff you can learn on YouTube when you need it. Uh, most bachelor degree programs give you a general overview of the field with the intention that you find your thing. What your niche is. That what you love. And there you do a master degree in. And then you will be really good. What you do with fun, you do well. So uh, if, you, if you can be good, that is the goal. Okay. On the other hand side, indulging in everyday life in a totally different culture is an eye-opener. If you survive that once, you will have a culture shock. At the you beginning, are, everything is fantastic and, and wonderful and yeah. then everybody is stupid and they, I, I hate the food. And, yeah, I have and no friends. Four weeks later, it's too hot. You, you calm down yeah. and yeah. then it's okay. So, and then you begin to learn and you begin to understand that 
different cultures do things differently and they have every right to do so. At the end, they usually come to the same um, to, to the same status as you would with your method. Okay. And you can learn a lot from, from different cultures because every culture has its strengths and its weaknesses. Yeah, that's true. And, and to be honest... And, and that is what you learn here in Thailand because yeah. it's a melting pot of cultures. It really you is. You have the Arabs here, you have the Indians here, you have a Jewish community, you have a Japanese community, you have... No, you don't have a Falang community. No. Funnily. The yeah. Falang are spread everywhere. Yeah. They don't gather in quarters. But Chinatown in Bangkok is worldwide famous. Yeah, yeah? absolutely. I, I mean, to be honest, I used your website personally to find more information about the university I go to right now for my MBA program, Webster University. And um, I think it's been a very useful, just the the website itself has been very useful for me because I got a chance to measure your MBAs with each other and the pros and the cons. Mm -hmm. And it's from there that I found the other uh, Thai university websites that have that have information about their programs in greater detail, but I wouldn't have been able to find it if I didn't sit and trawl through Google or any other search engine, honestly. And then if really you don't know the out. name of the university, you yeah, can't find it. You yes. can't. And and sometimes you don't. You find out what the name is, and you don't know what it's about. You have yeah. no idea yeah. what the context is at this point. And you you might want a good education, but there's no way of knowing, right? Mm. And it's a foreign country with the it's a, the road less traveled in a way. Um, and and that's what's so uh, fascinating about what you're trying to do here, which is everyone comes here anyway, but everyone doesn't come here to study. So that's why I wanted to know why you find education in Thailand so special, because it's got to be more than just the facilities, right? It's much more than just the content. Uh, from in, I'm in um, thanks to Facebook, yeah. I'm in contact still with hundreds of former students of mine who graduated in parts many years ago and when they look back they say that they learned a lot while studying but they learned much more outside the studies okay. and the Thais are a very friendly people um, that can be funny sometimes when they avoid any confrontation but uh, in an everyday life without confrontation uh, you feel good and this feel-good opens you and allows you to uh, engage in, in questions you would never discuss at home. Okay. Can you give me an example of that? Like uh, Racism. Okay. Uh, racism is a, is a, is a man-made thing. It comes from the imperialism when the Western, European Western countries became uh, uh, imperial forces and colonized Africa and parts of Asia. And uh, the white supremacists of Europe came to Africa and said, that are not that are animals, that are not human beings. They made racism. So when you live, for example, in Germany, in any European country right now, you see um, the white wing um, politicians getting stronger. Yeah. When you are here in Thailand, you see racism so obviously... Yeah. But if somebody is not Thai, if he is Cambodian or Burmese, that they are often treated in a in a visibly less nice manner. And you would never recognize that at home. Right. 
But here you see it, and then you to begin to discuss it. This is only one example. Yeah. But it changes people forever. Actually, this leads quite easily into another thing I wanted to discuss with you because the term international student, especially in Thailand, for a long time meant the odd Chinese student, like you mentioned, mm. and the curious, like almost gap year kid from Europe who wanted to come by and, or yep. Australia, come by and see what Thailand's all about. But I think at least at my university and many others that I've seen in, in the last year or so, the new wave of international student is from Myanmar, is from Cambodia, is from uh, nearby countries that have even, uh, which have very poor edu infrastructure and education systems. How has that been in the last 10 years? Have you seen that sort of grow? It's a coin, it's a coin with two sides. Usually when, when people in Myanmar, in Laos, in Cambodia would be better off, they could afford a better education for their children. Yeah. So they, would, they cannot afford to, to send them to America, so they send them to Thailand. This is one side of the coin. Actually, this coin has three sides. Oh, there's a three-sided coin? A, okay. <laughs> I hope they accepted the story. So the second side <laughs> of the coin is, uh, you see that very clearly in Vietnam, uh, Vietnamese students want to study abroad, but they don't want to study abroad in a neighboring country. Okay. For them, studying abroad means Germany, France, Spain, uh, Australia, but yeah. not Thailand. Not very Thailand. few Vietnamese students would ever come to Thailand to study here. And the third part, and that is what you may see, is a large number of Burmese, Cambodian, and Laotian students uh, and Cambodia and Laos are tiny countries. Cambodia has some 30 million people, if I'm not yeah. wrong. Well, for and Asia, Laos, it's not much, for sure. 7 million people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So these, these students come with full scholarships to Thailand because Thailand uh, has these, ah, shall I use that word, indoctrination view on uh cultural education. Okay. So if they studied, that's basically what Singapore did 30 years ago. Right. Huh? Can you explain that? I don't, I'm uh, not quite sure. That. Get them to Thailand, make them friends of Thailand and send them home in their countries. And so Thailand like will have more influence. Ambassadors in, in, of Thailand. Yeah. yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, we have okay. on, at my college, for example, we have 20 or 30 Cambodian students who also get pocket money. They get free accommodation, they get free studies, and they get pocket money. Like a small monthly stipend. Yeah. Okay. And they're studying in the international program like everybody else, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but so some are studying even in the Thai program. Oh, um, in Thai? Yeah, it depends whether they spoke Thai. Um, in, in the Thai program is much cheaper, then you don't need to spend so much money. Yeah. Uh, they learn one year Thai f uh, before, and then they enter the bachelor degree. I mean, if you're Lao Laotian, that's not very hard. You just kind of, you know. If you come from Laos, you will think otherwise. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all right, okay. We can put a pin in that yeah. one for now, but... But um, in, in Laos, almost everybody can speak Thai. I, I was a couple of times in Laos and nobody speaks English with me. Everybody speaks Thai with me and they speak very well Thai. Yeah. But okay. in Cambodia, it's different. Cambodia and Thailand are not the biggest friends. Of each other, yeah. Uh, yeah. Historically as well. Huh? Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. So, but 
Well, uh, there has been an increase in these students as well, right? Has there have, have there been more of there them? Are, there are no numbers available. There are no numbers uh, The last numbers I have from the Ministry of Education uh, are from 2014, where there are 8,000 foreign students in Thailand. That seems and like a very small at amount. The same, at the same year... Japan reported 110,000 students. 8,000. There are only 8,000 foreign students, and probably half of them are on a scholarship in a Thai program. So foreign students in international programs are peanuts. Who Mm. has them? Who has numbers? Webster is a tiny little university. They don't have many students at all. Then Stanford University has many foreign students. Ramkam Hang with IS had many foreign students. Um, And the international program at Bangkok University and at Maidan University. They had relevant number of international students. But beyond? No. I don't know anymore. No. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Let's take a break from the episode to talk about Thai Pod 101. ThaiPod 101 is an innovative way to learn Thai. Through their mobile app, desktop app, and website, learn Thai anytime on any device of your choosing. Start speaking Thai from your very first lesson and learn in minutes with 3 to 15 minute lessons in audio and video formats. There are new free lessons every week, so you can build your vocabulary and knowledge and become a pro in no time at all. Sign up for a free lifetime account with ThaiPod 101 today. But that's not all. Save 25% on any paid program you wish to purchase from ThaiPod 101 by going to the URL thaipod101.com slash coupon slash brewed in Bangkok. That's right. That's the name of the show. So support us and learn Thai today by using this coupon code and purchasing a program of your choice. We leave a link in the description below, and we really think you should go and check it out. And now, back to the show. So, there is there is still a lot to do here in terms of figuring out what these students are about, what they what they're up to, what they're doing. Yep. Is, is Maybe Thai universities one day will either wake up or close down. Ah, okay. and there seem to be enough universities who prefer closing down over changing their mentality and their uh, strategies. All right. It's not difficult to attract students to Thailand. It's not. Absolutely not. No, I, I don't imagine it would be. I mean, uh, quality is something everyone can work with over time. But there are some people who can't afford to, whether it's in terms of marks or money, to go to the highest, best universities in the world. So Care, careful with the word quality. Yeah, uh, quality is in Thailand defined differently than in Western countries. In Western countries, a common definition of quality is to meet or exceed customer expectations. Okay. Uh, here in Thailand, it's to meet or exceed cultural expectations. Oh, that right. is not the same. Okay. So, what would that what would that be in education? Cultural quality of um, Thai education. For example, that you need a PhD degree to teach master students and you need a master degree to teach bachelor students. We have these policies in place now for, I don't know, a year or two or maybe even longer, but I didn't hear it before. 
So if you don't have a PhD, you are not allowed to teach in an MBA program. When I came to Thailand in 2002, there was a small time window when Thai universities welcomed industry practitioners. So if somebody is, let's say, 30, 32 years of age, has a fresh PhD, uh, every lecturer gets under pressure in class one moment in time. And you, it's normal, it's human that you go back to that where you are best. So then these lecturers talk about the topic where they made their PhD in. But what does that help an MBA student? A practitioner can tell them the examples from, from practice. What worked, what did not work. Why did this work? Why did this not work? A PhD, a fresh PhD, cannot. No idea. You make a bachelor, you do your, your uh, master. Then the next four or five years you make a PhD. You have no industry experience. You have no life experience. You have no work experience. But you are allowed to teach master students. Pardon me. Right. That's very much uh, the Thai understanding of quality. I see. Having, and I mean, in addition, business people usually don't have a PhD. No. Uh, I mean, we have for a few years now this uh, um, doctorate of business administration, DBA. But if you talk to scientists or engineers, they don't accept it as an equivalent for a PhD. And there is no PhD except for marketing reasons that they offer a PhD in accounting. Usually the MBA for a business person would be the terminal, the highest degree. As it is like a, a master in, in design, there is no PhD in design. So who teaches them? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, that is when, when bureaucrats make decisions who have no relationship to education who were never themselves in a classroom teaching, who don't know the needs of the students and don't even understand the needs of the economy. That is when bureaucracy celebrates itself. Ah, okay. Welcome to Thailand. <laughs> Welcome to Thailand. Uh, yeah, actually, that, that, that is, there are a few things I've always wondered, and I think we were talking about them in a way. Uh, there seems to not be a lot of uh, students studying STEM fields for some reason. In Thailand, I'm talking domestic students here. I'm mm -hmm. not even talking foreign students. Uh, what are they trying to do about that? As a, the country, it is increasing. It is clearly increasing. Okay. Um, these um, science, technology, engineering, mathematics fields. Um, if you graduate from there, you will get a good job. Okay. There are so many needed in Thailand. Um, Thailand is, has a history as an assembly country. Right. So it, it was or is, it was until the last flooding, I don't know whether it is again, the greatest exporter of uh, digital hard disks, of computer hard disks yeah, worldwide. Yeah, yeah. And you need, of course, uh, for your uh, research and development, you need qualified people. So if you don't find them in, in, in Thailand, you buy them from somewhere else at a high cost. And if you find them in Thailand, they will get good salaries because they are important people to the company. Uh, the the upper middle class and the middle class in Thailand know that very well, that if they send their kid to um, King Mongkut's university to study uh, artificial intelligence, for example, that the job chances are way better than uh, when it gets a BBA from Chula Longkorn. Chula Longkorn or Tamasat uh, educate the next generation of the civil servants 
of the bureaucracy in China. The, the next leaders, if you will. Yeah. Okay. But that's 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 been their prestige and their sort of drawing point anyway. That th- those are those two universities. There's still a whole clutch of other universities, and there's so many other students. Um, do you know of any like initiatives, programs, drives that the government or these universities are doing to get people to do science and maths more? Yes, a lot. It's not effective at all, but uh, from time to time you see the uh, mathematics Olympia. Uh, wins of Thai schools. They got the gold medal in, in, in China. They got the silver medal there. They are so great. Well, that is a few schools with a few specialist classes. But uh, the diversity of Thai universities, please remember yourself when you made your bachelor. Um, the Those who call themselves quality university uh, feel concentrated in Bangkok. I don't want to say that Chiang Mai University is not a quality or Prince of Sankla in the South or Konken University are not quality. They are quality universities. But if you send your child to Bangkok from upcountry to study here, uh, did you consider how much that costs? And meanwhile, fortunately, we have universities uh, all over the country since Rajapat and Rajamonkon universities became universities, full universities, uh, you usually shouldn't need to go more than 50 kilometers to the next university where you can study. That means that the kids can stay at home and can sleep at home and, and go to the university in the morning. That makes it way cheaper. Right. That is not the, the top quality education. The other side of the coin is... Um, a bachelor degree has become a commodity. Yeah, I mean, you just need to have one. It's like a high school degree, right? That, like, yeah, that is exactly the problem. Uh, I don't agree at all. Okay. Because you learn so much in a bachelor degree about if you study business administration, if you learn it in a good program, you begin to understand accounting, marketing, uh, international laws, uh, national laws, um, and a whole bunch of other things that give you an overview how it all works together. Uh, and again, as I said before, and hopefully it gives you the idea what you think is your thing. What do you want to focus on? And there you specialize with your uh, master. And if you have a good master and do what you like to do, you will be good. That is a rule of nature. On the other hand side, uh, what can the best master degree program help you if you didn't understand the foundation? Yeah, I find that a lot in the studies that I've been doing here. A lot of people uh, don't have any uh, business knowledge yeah. or experience. A lot of them are 22 doing an MBA program in my, which I mean, I'm not the biggest judge of anybody in this world, but uh, <laughs> you know, I, I can tell when somebody has no idea what they're doing. I had for oh, for so many years, I had discussions with my BBA students at Ram Kameng University because the universities always tell them to study the MBA with the same university. Uh, sorry, if you have a BBA, a Bachelor of Business Administration, to study for an MBA is bloody nonsense. Because you study the same shit again with the same lecturers, with the same textbooks, and just do the maths. Yeah. Um, you pay, let's say, 
uh, for a two-year program, 240,000 baht. It's 20 courses. So one course costs you 20,000 baht. It's four weekends, one course. So one weekend costs 5,000 baht. You come into a room with 100 other students. That means 5 million baht per weekend. Right. Right? Right. So what is the cost for the university? For an MBA program. Keep they the don't need a laboratory, and... they don't need a kitchen, they don't need a hospital, they, they need a room, an air conditioner, a book, and yeah. one lecturer. Yeah, just keep... It's a money printing machine. Just keep the door open on the weekend, right? It's yeah. a money printing machine for university, the MBA program. And that was why everybody was told by the universities, you need an MBA. Well, these days, almost everybody has an MBA. There's right. nothing special with that anymore. Yeah. I think a lot of people said that to me as well, but I don't have a BBA. I have a journalism background, so I need then, an MBA. Then it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. like uh, so. I mean, and I had to. I'm saying this on on like on a recording now, but I've conquered my fear of Microsoft Excel. <laughs> it's taken 15 years, but it happened, yeah. you know. Yeah, and I can do statistics now, so that's great. Yeah. Like I feel comfortable with numbers again. I wouldn't have been able to do that at J school, you know. So I get that. I get why the MBA, I think it's not that these programs are bad. It's just that they not everybody needs every program. Right. right? Like yeah. you need the right people in the right place. And a master degree without somebody who's going to like understand how to use it is just going to be a piece of paper, right? Yeah. I think uh, a lot of people have told me that in different ways. I always just like stayed away from it, but it seems to make more and more sense now when I see other people try so hard to figure out what's going on. And to me, like you understand the basics of business already. Like you yeah. worked in a company, you kind of know what the accounting department yeah. does. You don't. And you need to understand the psychology as well. Right. If you talk about organization and development, it's all psychology. Psychology. Yeah. How do people react? Why do people do something? What are their motivations? What are their goals? What are they willing to do? And what are they not willing to do? All these aspects come together. The commodification of, of uh, bachelor degrees is a big problem then when you see a posting I saw years ago on Facebook from a bookshop here in Bangkok that wanted to hire somebody to fill up the shelves, a uh, master degree required. For what though? Shelf filling? I didn't For know they shelf had filling that in the bookshop, yeah. yeah. They go into any 7-Eleven shop, ask them whether they have a degree. The, the people working there most have. Right. And they are enough who have a master degree. They don't find another job. About 250 to 300,000 graduates every year from Thai universities remain unemployed. Yeah. Okay. Please, if they would be qualified, there would be a job. So many qualified people are needed, but if they just get the paper and didn't learn anything, didn't understand anything, show me a, a Thai BBA graduate who is able to professionally take a telephone call is that or write a business letter or design a contract. That's not what they learn. Okay. So there is there is a lot that needs to be looked into here. Yeah. Basically. Uh, and you've spent a long time here now doing these things. That's why you've come up with these observations. Uh, what gives you the most hope, though, for the 
not just the Thai education system, but the Thai student. Uh, the students themselves. The students themselves. So yeah. what would you say would make makes this still something you love doing, especially here in Thailand, teaching, teaching at the university level? This, what is it about the Thai student that brings you joy? You see how Thai students come from school and in, in, in any culture, in any country, the step from school to university is a big step. Yeah, It's a big change in one's life. Uh, some get it wrong and drop out quickly. And the others get used to it and, and fight themselves through it. When I see my Thai students coming from school, very shy, smiling all the time, the hands off the table, taking notes every time, writing down every word that I say. And then at one point I say, hey, can you stop that, please? If you write everything down, you can't listen to me. If you don't listen, you have no chance to understand. So if you don't understand, so why do you spend your money and time here? And they look with big eyes at me. That a teacher that said that to them, that was the first time. And the other students who know me for a longer time are sitting there and smiling. <laughs> <laughs> This way, no? Yeah. So, uh, and then you see how the Thai students open up. And they open up to an individual level. That's different person by person. But uh, about two years ago, I had a class with uh, only five students, all Thai. Uh, it was a last year class and they had to redo a class. Um, we worked on some projects and I gave them a final written assignment. General Payut and his government often talk about democracy. How do you see the relationship between the Thai military and democracy? Just a very open-ended question. They looked at that question. They looked at me. One asked, um, will anybody else see what we write? And I said, no, I promise I will not show anybody, except if someone of you sues me at the court, then I have to show it to the court. <laughs> But I will not show it to anybody else. Hope nobody sues you. <laughs> And I, get, I got five assignments that shocked me. I was so sad that I said I will not show anybody. I would have taken these five assignments and put them in one small book and published it. First, they spoke out, probably because they didn't speak Thai. They spoke out in English. And secondly, probably because they were not speaking, they were writing. But they were so clear in their analyses, all five of them, from different viewpoints, it was stunning. And, uh, well, that was for me the confirmation that Thai students can do much better than they usually do. But uh, they do it, in this case, they did it for their teacher. Right. As we, when we were young, learned for our teacher at primary school, we did not understand why we should learn. We did it for her. We liked her. Right. And uh, that's a motivational factor. The, the system itself is not motivational. It is the teacher, the person of the teacher. Right. And that should not be. But uh, we've talked about how the international student has come in and changed the Thai student. 
I hear a lot about Thai students going for their exchange semesters. Have you seen any Thai students of yours go on an exchange <laughs> semester, come back and be like a totally different person? Uh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, we have uh, one university in Germany um, that sends about 60, 70 students, sent about 60, 70 students for exchange for one semester to IAS at Rangkameng University. And of course, that was offered vice versa as well. So Thai students could go there. And a friend of mine is, is a design professor over there. And she told me then, uh, she lives when she is in Thailand here in the same hotel. So we meet in the evening. Okay. And then she told me about her experiences. The first one wanted to see her boyfriend who was studying in Germany. She didn't attend any classes. She was never there. She traveled to, okay, then the time was over. The second one uh, tried to find a boyfriend from Germany and flirted with everybody who looked male. <laughs> and uh, the third one, well, yeah, he liked the, the bars, the student bars, and he was drunk every day. That were the only three examples I know. They are sure not typical. No, they really aren't. <laughs> These are like exactly the worst stereotypes of every exchange student but ever. <laughs> I know a, a second background that was Asian University. Asian University in Chonbuli is a dormitory university. Okay. Where in the first year of studies, you were not allowed to bring a car or to leave the campus without permission by the president or by the assistant to the president. So... The students who came there were usually Thai students who began to study abroad and then got in trouble with uh, drugs and sex and rock and roll and overspent yeah. the credit cards and then were called back by the parents and brought to that university in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> it was 10 kilometers outside Pattaya and no public, uh, public transport available. Okay. It cost 4 million baht plus dormitory for a bachelor degree. Wow. That were the kids not of a middle class. That no, were upper class kids. Four, 4 million is not yeah. middle class money. Yeah. No. So that is the second example right. that I know from ties. A third example I know from friends, American friends who live in San Francisco, Thai town. Right. So yeah. the Thai students want to study in San Francisco because there is Thai town. Thai town is very famous. What do they do? They live in Thai town, and as soon as they leave class, they speak Thai and live a Thai life. Pardon me, why do they study abroad? Because they're abroad. The Western <laughs> students, the European students, for example, yeah. uh, the majority of Western students are European students here in Thailand. Yeah. They come here and they live in their Thai environment while the Thais click together, like the Chinese students. Mm -hmm. If you have 10 Chinese students in, a, uh, in class, at lunch, you will see a group of 10 Chinese students eating together. They right. rarely mix up with others. Some individuals do, but uh, the majority does not. That is a cultural thing and different by, by nationality. That's okay. So they're not the best travelers so far from what, you want, what you've seen, huh? Not, not so I, I never taught a Thai abroad. I teach only in Thailand. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But uh, you've got a bunch of new roles now, and you've also found a new new vocate, new university that you work at. Uh, what are you looking forward to now with 
the 2019 Thailand, like a fresh new Thailand, like what, what is, what is it that you're looking forward to in teaching now that you didn't have 15, 16 years ago? Well, at the university where I'm now, Saan Technology College, we have the problem that Thai students don't want to study an international program there. We have no Thai student in the international program. Um, that is partly uh, a misconception because uh, side by side there is Siam Technical College, a vocational college, and Siam Technology College, a university. And the technical college is uh, infamous in Bangkok for its student getting uh, involved in student brawls. Ah, so okay, yeah. uh, it's the okay. same street, just a different number. They are adjacent to each other. But that makes it very difficult to attract somebody to, uh, to our international program. But uh, we offer, for example, in, in this university, a fully accredited U.S. degree issued by Lamar University in Texas in the USA. The full program costs... $20,000. That is about 640,000 baht. So it's in the mid-range of the cost of, uh, it's a, about like Bangkok University, uh, to cut it short, to get American students come over here. Because studying the same program in Texas at Lamar costs 10 to 15 times that much, plus the higher cost of living. That yeah. is something I would like to achieve to get more American students. European students easily come to Thailand. Yeah. But for Americans, it's very far away. Yeah. And uh, in one point, the, in one respect, the Americans seem to be just like the Thais. They don't know anything about the world outside their own country. <laughs> and that's the trope. That's what we love. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so As you, a student at Webster, you may yeah, have experience with I, that. <laughs> I have a lot of experience with that. I, I mean, I love my American classmates. They're all great. But <laughs> it's it, it's definitely something to think about for sure. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's so interesting to think about how education works in Thailand, the international students, the regular Thai students, how this this is basically these are the people that will run this country whether we want them to or not yeah. and this is how they're being shaped and these are some of the concepts and things that they're going through uh, what else do you want to do with education in thailand be it with the international students or the thai students what is like your big dream for oh. how you want this uh, to go i i'm now in thailand for more than 25 percent of my life Okay, And the hardest lesson I had to learn here is that as a teacher, you have nothing to say. Either you can reach your students so that they understand why they study, or you cannot. There are some students you never reach. It goes into the left ear, out of the right ear, and there is nothing in between. You can't reach each and everybody. But on the other hand side, when I see this, uh, I don't want to say nonsense. No, let me say policies. Okay. <laughs> of the Ministry of Education, of the Office of Higher Education Commission, of uh, the Immigration Bureau. Um, actually, they make the laws to get rid of uh, illegal workers from Burma, from Cambodia, and so on. And they apply the same laws to uh, 
teachers here in Thailand who work here for more than a decade. Uh, I'm sorry. What is that? Yeah. All equal, right? Yeah. Look, when, if you want to have a, a long-term visa as a foreigner in Thailand, you need to show that you have money. So if you worked for 10, 15, 16 years as a lecturer here in Thailand, you won't have money because the jobs are not highly paid. Either you are a man of conviction or a woman of conviction and you do it because you love it, uh, or you go somewhere else and make money. So I'm now, right now at my age, at the point where I cannot get a retirement visa because I don't have enough savings. Right. So after teaching here for 16 years, they tell me, yeah, well, go home. <laughs> that, no? it's, it, it, this, this, this mental setting um, that you see in many areas, the, the single staff in an office usually has no idea about the whole process. That is very different if you go into a German uh, Tetzabahn or municipality building. Uh, you need a particular information about your passport. So you knock at the first day, uh, first door and open and ask, can you tell me who can give me that information? And they will tell you, yeah, go to the third floor, uh, room number 312, uh, Mrs. Meyer. Okay. They know the whole process and they know who does what, why in the process. You don't have that in Thailand. They have a job description. They don't know left, they don't know right. They only know they should not deviate from their job description. I mean, that's like you said, this is Thailand. Uh, it, this is generally how it works. But uh, uh, Sorry, we Germans have a particular joke about it. Okay. <laughs> Bureaucracy was in invented by the Prussians. The Prussians were the predecessors of the, uh, of the Germans of Germany. So when the Prussians invented bureaucracy, the Thais copied it. Okay. And since then, they had a lot of time to perfection it. <laughs> okay. The same we say about the education system. The Thai education system appears to me to be a copy of the pre-Second World War education system in Germany. When we still talked about the Nuremberg funnel put a funnel into the brain of the student and then fill it with information. Yeah. Uh, after the end of the Second World War in Germany, people began to ask how that could happen. How could the Nazi Reich happen? The, the Germans are not, not Nazis. So how, how did it all happen? And they found quickly out that it was in large parts due to the education system in Germany because it didn't make people think themselves. It didn't make people thinking critically and having a distance and an own opinion. They were all uniformed. No? So yeah. here we are at the uniform again. Okay. <laughs> so, and this modernization of the, of the German education system never happened to Thailand. They well, didn't uh, copy that. Okay. They still have their student uniforms. Well... Ulrich, I really hope that you get to stick around long enough for the modernization to happen because I think you'll have a lot to contribute. And uh, whether it's bringing in international students or helping Thai students come out of their shell, uh, I think you've got a lot going already. So, yeah, I hope you get a chance to put this into, into, into a vision or a plan that works out. 
and yeah if you have anything else to say about that uh maybe we should get you back someday and have another chat about this if i have anything else to say i will let you know for sure <laughs> okay thank you <laughs> thank very you much. for the chat <laughs> it was fun <laughs> and that's it from brood in bangkok for this episode if you like the show please go to itunes and leave it a five star rating if you would like to find out more about the show, you can go to broodinbangkok.com and the website will redirect you to more information about the podcast, show notes and more background information about our guests and anything else you want to know about the show or me. Until next time. Until next time.